Imagine how much you'd learn if you could ask your personal heroes anything you want about their life and their secrets to success. In each episode, we get to do that. This is the Playground Broadcast. Where everyone plays and no day is the same. Hi, Shreya. Nice to meet you, finally. Nice to meet you. We've met before. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. I actually meant nice to meet you finally for this podcast. Nice to meet you finally for this podcast as well. (laughs) I'm excited to talk about um, the topic that we decided. I think it is something that (laughs) we both relate with on a very deep level for, for our own reasons. So for the listeners, I'll just repeat that. We're talking about the Indian background and the Indian culture and the unconventional career option like music and other career options which are art related. So just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Why don't you go ahead, Shriya, and tell us what you think and what your experience has been as someone who is about to, about to go to uni for acting? Okay, so listeners, if you couldn't tell, actually, no, you can't tell with my accent, but I am. I'm full Indian. My passport is Indian. I've never lived there before as you can tell by my accent. Growing up, especially with international parents, I think I've never really had to face that pressure of, oh, you have to go into this. You have to go into that. You know, like like typical Indian parents would, oh, you need to go into medicine. I think you should do engineering. What about comp sci? Like, okay, I'm probably going to go on a tangent. But like, for example, I have this friend of mine who uh, he is Indian and he's going into comp sci. We talk about, we joke around about how all he does is coding. So he's like, yeah, you know, my hobbies are coding and I code in my sleep. When I go back home from school, I code and then I code while I'm sitting on the toilet. And then I code when I'm sleeping and I wake up and I code a little before school. So just this running joke we have about the stereotypes of Kamsai and the Indian culture and all of that. So, yeah, no, I was just saying, I, I actually know people like that. I, oh. I am from the comp science background and I know people who can code all day. But yeah, oh, go on. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine that. But you do you. You, you do you. <laughs> yeah, growing up, I never had any sort of parental or familial pressure to go into anything, you know. It was more just pressures on myself, really. Like, I had been, I've been acting and singing since I could practically talk. In elementary school, I did my first ever musical. And I got, like, one of the lead roles later on. And, you know, that's when mm. I started to know, okay, maybe there's something there. Mm. But... Reaching high school, you know, 10th grade, 10th grade, I have to say I was like a solid genius. Okay, like 4.0 plus GPA. You know, I was doing double sciences because I wanted to I wanted to do ironically, I wanted to pursue pre-med. And mm. also, ironically, my dad was low-key warning me against it. He's like, Shreya, don't Shreya, trust me. You know, I don't think, you know, you do you, of course, but I'm telling you, I don't know how much you like it. It's a lot of work. It's a long, long time. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, because I was just like, like my, my ego was up here. My grades are also up here because of that. My ego was up here. So I was doing mm-hmm. double science. I got to 11th grade and I unfortunately decided to take the IB. I'm sorry. I hate the IB. I am a, I'm a proud IB hater, but I'm almost <gasps> done. <laughs> I've so, actually not had any IB background, so I wouldn't be able to support you in that. Saved yourself. You saved yourself that pain and trauma and PTSD. <laughs> oh, God. When I got to the IB, it was like, 
never mind, you know, um, two days before, sorry. So I'd gotten with a, like a, a counselor in the UK who would help me apply to Oxbridge, Oxford, Cambridge, one of the schools for pre-med. And I was mm-hmm. like, confident. It's like, you know what? It's going to be fine. I'm going to love it. The night before. So we had a two week trial. And after the two week trial ended, we'd have to start paying them like 1150 something before mm-hmm. the trial ended. It's like, Baba, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do pre-med. I want to do <laughs> Yeah, I think that pressure sort of made you realize that, oh, okay, this is like, it's not happening for me. And I think my calling is definitely acting. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I also, I didn't know this actually growing up. I only found this very, very recently. And which is why my dad likes to say he thinks it's in the blood. He he was an actor growing up um, in high school. And, and yeah, I know he was an actor. He even applied to acting school for college and he got in. But then- we have more in common than we know. My dad was into acting as well. Like he was a, he was genuinely famous. Like he gets- no. He gets his fans like reaching out to him. I wish I can take this off the podcast eventually, but uh, uh, he generally gets his fans approaching him over like Facebook and like uh, email and and like through his connections and stuff. And they, they're like, we really loved your character 20, 20, 30 years ago. And we used to worship that character. And where have you gone? Why are you not acting anymore? Blah, blah, blah. That's amazing. Oh my God. That's crazy. And I think like the thing is my dad, he obviously didn't go into acting because he himself had his own pressures. You know, I want financial stability, you know, and all that. And I think this thing about the no, like the fact that I've grown up without any parental pressure to do anything in specific is also from his childhood because his mom was like, do what you want to do. Don't let anything else come in the way of that. And he got into both engineering and acting school. And then he did choose engineering. So I kind of feel like I'm, he's living vicariously through me and uh-huh. his kind of coming true through me, even though I had no idea he did this till very recently, which is a surprise. But yeah, yeah, I've actually, I've actually been so, so lucky to have such a, such an open-minded family growing up. Yeah. And uh, like deep down, my father is just like joyous and, and bursting with happiness that I've chosen this path rather than something basic. Like, like, yeah. This because because firstly, it takes courage because everyone around you, all your peers are taking something serious and like, oh, I, I just gave into the stereotype. <laughs> Caught myself right there. But like everybody around you is taking like, you know, medical and doc, um, I'm saying, yeah, law, 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 law and computer science and like all of these crazy simple and like the easy choices and then you're going ahead and taking an unconventional choice which is yeah which could be a little daunting he must be proud yeah I hope so and honestly I'm I'm the living breathing example of what a typical Indian family expects um, your child to do so I did engineering as a backup even though I always knew that my heart lied in music you know like I used to I used to sing throughout school. I, I, when I was in seventh grade, I started like participating in competitions and stuff. And then all through college, I was participating and winning competitions. So I knew like that was a major part of me. Like at least like 30, 40% of my being was like belonged to music. And I, I still did engineering because I was guided in that way, you know, like I was told that 
it's your backup. And yeah, you have to like find a financial stability to be able to even sustain your passion. And I see, I see what they meant, but wonder what would have happened if I would have like given myself more time to learn music early on, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I would have been on a different path right now. I don't regret where I am right now, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, like uh, from the perspective of all the other kids who might be listening to this and might be considering taking music or arts or um, any kind of artistic field seriously, I would like encourage them to at least give it a shot for a few months after their school if they can, so that they know what they're getting themselves into or what they're losing. I mean, right now I'm juggling everything. Like I'm doing, I'm doing my job, which is with the sun now, and I'm doing music. Like I'm writing music and I'm creating music. I'm singing covers, and I, I would say I'm I'm living the dream, but not yet. Because I have bigger dreams <laughs> when it comes to music, but yeah, I think I found a way to balance it all. But it would just been just have been nice if I would have, um, you know, like started doing it early on. I would say, yeah. So, living, breathing example of what usually happens to an Indian kid when they're trying to get into something artistic. <laughs> oh my god! I completely actually no, I don't. I can't. I can't relate. I can't I don't know I just never I never ever connected to the STEM field like you know even when I was I did I I really I really enjoy science and math like math and science were my favorite subjects I feel yeah I I genuinely love those subjects so I did not enjoy engineering as a career but I really enjoyed maths and science oh my god I was like even growing up I've always been a humanitarian not humanitarian liberal liberal arts girl I've been like an English scholar and then I took psych in the IB biggest mistake of my life but I did you mm-hmm. know as one of my levels so even like growing up I've like been running away from mathematics and the stem in general so that should have been my first sign as to why I should not go into medicine mm. because they I, at this point they require you to take every science in in existence oh like I swear, because some of the the requirements for application were you need to take physics, bio, and chem. Biochem, I get. Why do you need physics? Why do you need physics for some of these these uh, these majors? Like, come on, leave me alone. That should have been my first sign. Because but physics I- is actually one of the important ones. I I did not enjoy physics particularly in my eleventh and twelfth grade, but I can see from their perspective why they would need it. Oh my god, really? At the end of the day, I'm so glad that I just moved away from that as yeah, fast. Better better early than like, you know, later. This yeah, is not exactly. even like a phrase, but I just created one. <laughs> you could put that in one of your songs. <laughs> yeah. It's been like quite a journey. And now I'm also since because of the 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 topic that we're talking about, because of that fact that the reason that Indian households and also like I would say in general, some Asian households, I wouldn't say Korea now because Korea is getting like Korea, Korean music is getting big. Hey, oh and my God. So I, I know it's insane. So it's because it's like reaching the world audience. But like for Indians, I would say uh, if I could have a way to 
help them break out of that mentality of, you know, feeling that music is inferior and music is not a career that you should choose if you want like a secure life ahead. And music is not something that you should take if you want financial stability. I see it from their perspective, but things have changed now. So like now I'm working on this platform which can help musicians and people who are trained in music, any kind of music professional to be able to actually like take it up as a career, like actually do something with their talent and, you know, be able to sustain themselves while also living their art, you know, like I almost feel pity for them. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they should be able to, they're letting it go away, letting it go to waste and, if I could do my bit in helping them kind of sustain that and uh, be able to pursue it, then I would love to do it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing I, through my venture. I completely agree. And I feel like, you know, it's not just the kids. I mean, regardless of the fact that because any human will will retain their own personal opinions and beliefs, whatever, whatever happens externally, whatever environmental external influence they suffer, they will always retain that within them. So a typical Indian child growing up in a stereotypical Indian family, you know, let's say they do have a passion deep down to pursue something in the arts or some unconventional career like music or acting, right? And the thing that they will have to face is I know typically in Indian families, the parents will pay for college, Mm. but there's a little bit of twist and a little bit of, you know, I wouldn't say blackmail, but that sort of, if you don't do this, you know, I don't think I want to pay for you. Like Mm. there's that underlying sort of uh, unsaid, I don't know the word for it. It's like an, yeah, rule. Yeah. It's just there horrible and I feel like because of this like the child may want to pursue it but I I don't think a 17 18 year old should have should be given and should be forced into a situation where they have to decide whether they want to live an uncertain life with a difficult financial situation especially when their parents have said they're going to pay for college but then it's like that's uncertainty like if I do this I don't think they're going to pay but I really want to do it but if I do it then I'll have to figure out how to make my money and I could struggle and I could go broke and and, you know struggle and and who knows what could happen like I don't think a 16 17 18 year old should be forced into that into that mindset that they have to think like that and then eventually Mm. this you know, travel back to screw it, I'll do STEM, you know, I need that financial stability. And my parents are paying for college. If I do it, you know, we'll cross bridges when we come to it. They don't. And then they live a miserable, miserable future. Yeah. Like they keep waiting for those four years or three years to get over to be able to actually like do what they really want to do. Right. It's it's not. It's not like, oh, my God, I can't wait for tomorrow. It's when will tomorrow end? Yeah. And I hate that for them. So I feel like sometimes it's not in the hands of the children. We need to somehow, I guess, maneuver the mindset of the parent basically on this. And it's mm-hmm. going to be difficult because a lot of, of Indian families and Indian parents are set in their ways due to generational, I don't want to say damage, but at the same time, damage. So, yeah. so I, guess, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess that I, I understand from, from their perspective, how it's been like, because especially in India, because it takes a lot of 
effort to get to the top, to, to get to that cream where you actually get recognized and are able to lead a successful musical career or a successful art-related career. So I understand that from their perspective. Plus in India, there isn't any like secure musical education as such, you know? Yes, exactly. Just like in the West, there there's like these amazing schools like Berkeley and there's Juilliard and there's lots of different schools that that train you in a variety of musical fields. Like you can you can become a music cognitive scientist, you can become like a music marketer, you can go into music business. Like you can stay in that field, you can stay connected to music, but still earn your bread, you know? Yeah. And and that's fun because like you're in that environment, the environment that you enjoy, and maybe then you can actually do your passion on the side. But then it makes sense to make music your career because on the side is something that is adding to your career. You know, yeah. it's not something that you're doing on the side. Plus, I feel like it's it's just something that we need to sort of introduce in education because in in india mainly education is strong in engineering law oh, medical yeah. it's so much stronger but when you come when it comes to music we have probably two colleges that we could say are even worth mentioning and and if you start comparing it to the colleges in the world they stand nowhere so like i think it comes down to education like parents will feel scared to send their to send their kids to a school that doesn't even guarantee placements eventually you know I, I i agree i feel like there's also of course the education comes in but then there's also that sense of duality with the parent like on one mm-hmm. hand they're scared for their child they're scared for you know their their procre their procreations like i want them mm-hmm. to succeed i want them to do well in life after i'm gone but then as a typical Indian parent growing up in that culture, there's also that other side that's like, if someone asks, what am I going to tell them that my daughter's... Oh, tra- yes. Like, it's like, do I really want to tell them, oh, my daughter's working in a cafe right now, trying to earn money while also trying to look for a job? Or do I want to tell them she's studying neuroscience at a top university in the West and then she's going to go to Mass General to, to practice? You know, it's like, do I really want to tell them that? There's also that little sense of... Yeah. It's like, what will they think of me? I think that that goes very deep, like in the sense of the ancestral, again, I'm at a loss of words, but you know, like it's something that uh, has been passed down through generations. Like you had also mentioned, it's like a bias that has been passed down through generations uh, that you just can't accept music to be a career or you can't accept art to be a career because it's not conventional. It will not give you financial stability. If it doesn't give you financial stability, you're going to have a miserable life. So we don't want to be associated with you or with your with your child, you know, like yeah. people, people want to be only associated with people who are slightly better than them or like at mm-hmm. par with them. So they immediately start looking down upon you in like that con- condescending manner. If you're uh, if you're like at that struggling musician or artist stage, yeah, exactly. So just like trying to make it big, but it's we we need to change that perspective perspective in people by kind of showing it to them that you know it yes it takes effort in the beginning and there's no like guaranteed success towards the end of that effort, but that effort matters you know like that person is genuinely working towards their dreams and 
that is more respectful than someone else who's just following a path. Right. I so agree. I hope that, you know, like, you know, I may, I'm, I'm in a way, I hope that I can be that person to kind of show other, other Indians who want to pursue this field that yes, as an Indian, you know, you can do something, you can make it. And in a way I am glad I grew up in a Western culture hmm. because, because otherwise you would have had those limiting beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if I didn't grow up in a Western culture, I feel like I would have also been looking down on these sorts of careers when deep down, it's what I was meant for. It's what I am meant to do. It's what I'm meant to be. Obviously, it comes with its its side effects, you know, coconut, but, <laughs> but half broken coconut. Oh, my God, I need to say this. Okay, so um, basically, oh, yeah, I did tell you this already. But Basically, I was I was hanging out with my friends and I have a digital camera. So we took a picture with a digital camera of me and another friend of mine. And yeah. you know, like, Shriya, you look like a ghost. It's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? I'm sorry, I'm white. Okay. I am I'm light skinned. Yeah, yeah. But and um yes, I grew up in a Western, Western culture. And yes, these ideologies and values have been implemented in me that have made me so open-minded. But at the same time, it's like Oh, you're a coconut. Like all the Indians I know, all the Indian people and my friends, like, oh shit, yeah, you're a coconut. And um, for the listeners who don't know, you may know, but for those who don't know, coconut is like low-key derogatory, but I just take it as a joke, and everyone usually does. It's where you're brown on the outside, referring to your Indian ethnicity, but you're white on the inside because you're culturally westernized, basically. Yeah. Because that's how you've like grown up and those are the kind of people that you've uh, been surrounded with us since you were a kid so like, yeah, exactly. those are the kinds of things that you are familiar with and know yeah exactly no what makes it worse though is that when when he said half open coconut it's because mm-hmm. I was uh, everyone's quite surprised about this in general actually because I'm no no neither of my parents are too white but I came out a unique creation so half open coconut he was saying because um when the coconut is broken it's like it's white on the outside and on the inside (laughs) you're you're slowly getting uh scraped off on the outside (laughs) and becoming white all over my god it's terrible it's so i'm either like but but i see i see why like you feel grateful about that because like being in that uh, environment made you as well as your family very open-minded and like you already mentioned your dad was already a very open-minded person but you know um, I was just thinking when you were mentioning this and then we found that common thing between us that you actually got into this stage because you got his genes you know (laughs) maybe you wouldn't even need his openness if is if it weren't for his acting genes Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I genuinely, I mean, it's like we're learning about gene environment interaction where most of the time behavior is based on a combination of genes and environment. But this time I'm like, because I had zero idea about this, the, the fact that he was an actor till after and, you know, after I got into NYU and all that. Oh, after you got into NYU, you got More, to know. Yeah, after. Oh. And I was like, I, it's 1000% genes. I don't care what psych is saying, I don't care what research is yeah. saying. Thing. yeah like I owe my I owe my writing creativity and like um sometimes I get these really like my dad is also very good at like architecture and 
engineering. Like he just has the knack for it. He hasn't even studied it before he was into commerce. And like, he was also like pushed into commerce because of his family. He was always interested in science. He wanted to do science, but uh, they said commerce will get you money. So go for it, you know? (laughs) So he... But but like he's so much interested in architecture and like creative stuff and uh, writing and he, so like I think I inherited all of that definitely like I I relate to those things and those skills so much and I see myself applying them on a daily basis at Ascend now in my music and everywhere else. Oh my god! Another common between us. Uh, my dad, he's also like always had a knack for writing. And I think I also got that from him because I'm like on my way to publish my own book right now. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you so much. And then, and he's also actually writing a book. So it's like, I got it from him. I did something and now he's doing it. It's like just going around in circles. Oh my God. Yeah. It's it's very similar to how my relationship <laughs> with my father is. <laughs> I think because of that, uh, I think we've both also been able to, I mean, me at a later stage, obviously, but you early on have been able to, you know, make our artistic side a major part of our lives now successfully. And that's what like we're here to say that we want people to be able to do that as well. Like, I understand, of course, like if you're from a family background that need you to be involved in the family business, because like, there are certain situations financially, culturally, which mm-hmm. prevent you from just doing what you like and like going your going at your own path because your family needs you. And like, we understand that. But if and when you get a chance and if you're ever feeling doubtful, then please go for it. You know, if you get the chance and if you can make that decision to go and take take up that dream you should go for it don't consider it as a plan b no yeah because see the thing is first of all like this is how i've been living living my life you know like you know let's say there's there's someone there's a guy i really like i'm just i've been telling myself this about everything it's for the plot and when i say that i mean it's as if your life is a story and you're trying to live an an interesting unique and fun life instead of just living a boring gray straight line path you know so every Mm. time i say and basically gaslight myself it's for the plot I do things and I take risks that I I usually wouldn't take if if you know I was just thinking about uh, playing it safe you know there's a guy like I think I should you know like do something it's for the plot tree I just go for it you know you only live once same thing with with art and 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 music and and this this career path that I've chosen for uni you know part of me for a very very short while was like no I don't think I should do it I'm scared you know first of all am I even good enough insecurities yeah yeah I'm not good enough to make it what if I what if it even if I am good enough to make it what if I don't make it again insecurity so for a very short while so I've just been living by the line do it for the plot and you only live once because you do only live once and you regret it later on you'll go into a boring straight line path with no uncertainties later on you know and it's like what have I done now I can't go back so honestly yeah like when I could do it I didn't. Plus, you know, that insecurity, I can completely understand. But what's crazy is even lawyers, doctors, and engineers feel this insecurity. Obviously, they don't have to compete with each other to be able to even win their bread because they don't have to like cater to an audience to be able to get that. We need to. It's 
something that is like automatically happens, it's like a confirmation bias. What I'm trying to say is when you get into a field, you start looking at other people who are from their field. So you start thinking, oh my God, the field that I'm in, there are so many, so many more people in that field with me. But that happens with everyone. A painter will say, there are so many good painters. A musician will say, there are so many good musicians. An actor will say, there are so many good actors. Even an engineer would say, there are so many good engineers. So like, Mm -hmm. honestly, no matter where you go, you're going to have competition. So like, just carve carve your path and like, do what represents you and do it differently. I mean, don't, don't intend to do differently. Just, oh yeah. Yeah. Do Go with the flow. Yeah. Go with the flow and like do what feels right to you. Yeah. I feel like that can be applied to the whole idea of plan B as well, because there's, again, there's another duality to plan B. One is that you genuinely are a person who plays it safe and that's okay. You know, not everyone is a risk taker and you don't always have to be jumping to look to take risks, Hmm. you know, and you may be someone who wants to play it safe and, you know, Plan B is never, ever a bad thing. But, you know, again, there's that other side. Exactly. that Don't let go of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. If you do have a plan B, sometimes subconsciously, it can be your way of trying to like steer away from your plan A and fall onto something that's more financially stable. Obviously, plan B will be more financially stable than plan A. So sometimes it can be more of a hindrance than a help because instead of, you know, looking for new opportunities, looking to actually pursue plan A, you fail once, you fail twice in minor inconveniences, you're immediately, you know, falling back to plan B. Like, never mind, I can't do this. I feel well in this. I think I should just go to business or, you know, commerce or econ or something, which is my plan B. So you forget about what fighting is, you know, fighting for your dream and like, yeah, you you forget to fight. Exactly. It's all- sad because you could have done that if you had no other option. Like actually, that brings me back to what I was saying a few minutes ago about, you know, maybe you're in a situation, financial situation, which doesn't allow you to be able to, you know, like spread your wings and do whatever you like. But if you think about it, there are so many people who went from rags to riches or like, you know, like from, um, I don't know what the equivalent Tom, of Tom, nothing Tom. to fame is. But that was because those people, and we hear about them so many times, that they started from nothing. Yeah. They, they had no option but to follow what they knew. You know, like even Kehlani was like that. Kehlani, um, the singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. So she also started from nothing. She all she knew was music as, since she was a kid, and that's what she did because that's all she it's knew. Cool. There was no plan B, and she she made it. You know, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not saying that there are a lot of people who must have done the same and they didn't make it. But what if you could, right? Yeah, you always have to keep that in mind. What if, you know? And I feel like also growing up with a lack of, like, I think a lot of my insecurities towards this field and my pessimism stemmed from the fact that I never really had a lot of reassurance growing up. And, and you know, on one side, I think it's very realistic, you know, because my parents were never ones to sugarcoat. Like a lot of the feedback that I used to get at school, you know, like, oh my God, she's she's working hard. She's doing her best. It was always like Gora, Gora sugarcoating, which was yeah. acceptable. <laughs> and like, I, lo- I kind of low-key agree with that. Like I like my feedback and my criticism at face value. I like it given to me blunt, straight, just be completely honest with me, get past all the the 
the just sugar rip the band-aid <laughs> exactly rip the band-aid off that's always what i've liked but i think because of that mentality they also forgot to kind of reassure me when something was genuinely good which is why i grew up struggling to know and understand that i actually had a sh- you know the word shock in in hindi yeah like, shokta in this field like it, to this day I'm 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 learning, I'm healing a bit, but to this day I still struggle to to understand when something has gone well, when I when I performed well, you know, like still I'm doubting myself. So I think growing up, this is what almost prevented me from actually pursuing acting, from pursuing oh. but after I think not only just me, but also those around me, like after them giving me compliments and just giving me like the sort of advice and saying things to me that you know immediately not just anyone would say to anyone that is like wait okay my parents didn't didn't say this to me but these people who aren't personally related to me and have no obligation to tell me something like this they're saying that to me shriya maybe this means something so then it's yeah like, okay okay like there's something you, there you you saw that that was a genuine uh suggestion and like that was a genuine thing that they suggested to you exactly because sometimes yeah. you need a it from those who aren't related to you because these people have no obligation to say anything if they if you're if you suck they won't say anything i'm also be like yeah you're you're great good job you know but yeah they the, could easily just say that yeah. but they chose to give you something constructive as criticism exactly yeah. exactly that's what it was like okay you know not there's something there you know and i feel like it took yeah. a while and i think i think after i oh, got oh sorry into- it was constructive optimism sorry like sort of yeah. like <laughs> yes, yes. exactly like optimistic and positive i guess just just mentioning you and praise 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 yes praise <laughs> praise exactly i think it was after i actually got into uni and the the one i wanted like my dream uni actually getting in that's when my dad was like Oh my god, you know, there's something there because I yeah, I know I swear I was like like bro, you didn't you didn't listen to me. You didn't see me. <laughs> you know, sometimes so, yeah. I I completely relate with you and I have conversations with my parents about this all the time. Like I am someone who loves um, you know, recording videos and putting them up on my social media and obviously my parents have some sort of like blunt criticism uh to share about each video with me and i always take it with a grain of salt because if i start taking it like completely like completely absorbing everything they start saying oh. i'm going to like close the room turn off the lights sit in one corner and like just crouch yeah. i'm i'm not going to do anything so I, and i told them that i was like i'm i'm going to listen to you but i'm also not going to listen to you because i'm on a journey and i'm going to keep improving i'm going to keep improving it'll take time and you have to be patient i will get where you're trying to you know imagine me wherever you're trying to imagine me but not immediately so i'm going to listen to you but i'm not going to listen to you so stay with me i feel that i love that i feel that and like sometimes sometimes the feedback is just so funny like so my mother i think my mother is just so funny i i my mother is a very funny person um like one time i sang i forgot where i think i was singing for my family and by the end some of it was positive feedback because i have a lot of stage anxiety like vomit inducing palpitations <gasps> that sort of stage anxiety i, I, I shake <laughs> like yes! that It's I, it's horrible. I hate it. On so, the outside, I'll be feeling confident, but I'm I, shaking. 
it's it's horrible so i need to like learn to, how to get okay not get rid of it but deal with it so mm. there was a bit of like a moment of tenseness where i wasn't performing anymore so i was just like a bit frozen so mm. my mother did tell me that like yeah you need to work on it but then she said Shriya, when you sang this one word, your American accent was gone. Next time you sing it, bring it back, okay? And it was for my Indian family members, I think. So I was like, okay, mama, thank you. Oh my God. You know, um, I mean, I'm, I don't even have any uh, sort of Western influence as such. But I think I'm just like, I've just been listening to so much English music since I was a, a little kid that I have kind of sort of uh, taken on an accent so like my my accent has kind of neutralized i'm like a mix of indian and whatever american british songs i've heard yeah right? it's like it's weird. you just said whatever you said the you said whatever like in america i heard that like i've been hearing it in your accent it's a very nice accent i like your accent thank you uh, so i did not i did not like um do it intentionally you know it just happened because of all the english music that i've been hearing and i would teach myself you know okay this is how Katy perry is singing this this is how beyonce is singing this is how rihanna is singing okay this is how selena gomez right so and i was like really good at like copying them and i think i even forgot the point that i was making but um uh, <laughs> but i i think um you were talking yeah you were talking about the accent thing right so people when I'm singing in Hindi, they say you have uh, some sort of like a Western accent in Hindi. And when I'm singing in English, they say you have a, some, some kind of like an Indian accent in English. I'm like, what? I've stopped listening to that now. I'm just like, you know what? This is my sound. This is how I sound. And this is how I say my words. And yeah. this is me. And this is how I'm going to do it. So I love that. Like, why is there a wiser requirement? Like, yes, definitely in Hindi, some words you have to pronounce with an accent to be able to, under to understand yes, it correctly. Yes, of course. Yeah, you can't but do the, you, you can't do like, it the Nick Jonas way. Right? But other than that, why does it matter if I say something a bit westernized? Like, why is that a problem? If you can understand, let me be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see where your mom's coming from because like my parents have done that too. And people around me do it all the time. Just five days back, I made them, I made a couple of my cousins listen to a song in which I had done uh, mostly Hindi and towards the end, I used a little bit of English. And they're like, when you sing in Hindi, it's so much better than when you sing in English. And in Hindi, in English, when you're singing, you get that Desi accent. That's so condescending. Come on. And no, I've consciously worked on like removing that. And I am pretty sure that like that's not there. So I I I block them out. As you should. I feel like and maybe and maybe like I mean I'm listening to them. I'm not saying that I'm completely disregarding their perspective, but they're just not my audience then, you know? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like my audience is whoever likes the way I pronounce my words. Because yeah. like if you listen to Mike Posner speak, you'll be like, is this guy high all the time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'll be like, what? And then everybody has a different way of speaking. And that's what reflects in their songs, you know, eventually, like every musician has a different way of speaking. And that's what reflects in their songs. And sometimes people just like that, you know, like the way that they pronounce the words and the way the way that they put and pause and like do the syllables and everything. So, yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm I just creating an identity here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's it's ironic. Once upon a time, you know, they would have preferred a Desi accent. But now 
like coming from my from my mom's comment it's like suddenly now my my american accent is desirable suddenly like when i was younger so growing up this is my real accent but mm-hmm. growing up my parents always used to make fun of my my gora accent and in elementary school my parents have an indian accent they grew up in india but moved around yeah. i'm the only one like this even my brother his real accent is an indian accent so he puts on an american a very horrible american accent when he's talking with his friends this is my oh, real i actually put up a fake indian accent when i'm talking with my parents so that i don't get made fun of but then suddenly now my american accent is desirable after that comment like my mother's like when he's saying just make sure to reword that <laughs> your american accent again like please pick a struggle pick a side oh yeah. maybe she imagined you in a certain way and then you sort of like didn't meet that expectation on in that particular performance she was like please just like maintain that and maybe at home you can be whatever but like on the stage please just do what you're supposed to oh my god yeah no it's like on one hand it's this and then like so for example when i go back home because my accent i think over the years has gotten more prominent i mean i'm not surprised um I've never lived in India before and I've grew up, grown up in a westernized uh, community. So every time I go back, you know, I realized the last time I went last year, my cousins no longer speak to me in Marathi. I'm a fluent Marathi speaker, obviously not as good as them, but I'm fluent in Marathi. Yeah. They're always talking to me in English or with or trying to talk to me in an accent. Bro, I am the same person. I promise you I'm the same Shreya you knew when we were 7 years old. Oh, Please. No. <laughs> I feel Oh, I know where they're coming from, but I feel bad like cuz they cuz they feel I think it's coming from a place of insecurity. Yeah, that could be t- Oh my god, you're right. It could be that, you know, but at the same time, I feel like it's them. Like, oh, also, you know how this whole American culture is starting to move over there as well. Like now my cousin, she wasn't quite aware of this. She dresses different. She listens to different music, more westernized, you know. And I think after that, it's like now she is she's trying to adopt uh my mannerisms yeah. I yeah. that I've grown up here and you know maybe she's looking up to you that way like, like she wants to be exactly. like you yeah in a way that warms my heart like i i love like i'm so 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 touched to be someone that she can look up to like this but at the same but time but at the same but at the same time you're like you have your own identity and i love your identity so please keep it <laughs> right it's like i i i'm still indian please speak with me in <laughs> yeah I respect the culture. Please see that. No, oh, yeah, I can understand me. Yeah. I need to I promise myself I will not forget or lose any part of my small non-coconut Indian identity. Actually, that's a lie. For anyone who thinks I'm a coconut based on my accent, I can speak read write in Hindi. <laughs> And for anyone who thinks after listening to me speak in English that I can't speak in Hindi and I can't sing in Hindi, and whatever else assumptions you might be coming up with then do not i do everything that you think I'm, i can't <laughs> exactly all in all if we were to summarize everything like we do understand the whole perspective of uh parents in indian household and where they're coming from when it comes to you know them looking down upon music and them not considering it as a career choice same as engineering medical and law that's also because like they're not associated with basic human traits like people need to stay healthy people need to stay safe and people need to stay you know yeah i agree 
yeah, like people need food and people need like all the basic amenities they need. And that's what gives you that security. But I feel like we can make an effort for those people who want to, you know, pursue arts as their career and like just help them sort of live their dream and help them be able to, you know, spread their wings if they're able to do that. I completely agree. Like uh, life is about living, you know, you're not born to die. You're born to live. You know, you shouldn't just have to survive. Yes. You know, you need to survive. You need that financial, you need some sort of stability to survive, but life isn't about surviving. It's about living. So whether it is, want to pursue music, a career in acting, a career in in art, something in that unconventional set of careers, especially coming from an Indian culture. Remember what I said earlier, you only live once and do it for the plot. Do yeah. it because you will thank yourself, you know, in 10 years time, would you really want to be stuck in a job or in a university where you're thinking about when the next two, the next five, six years of my life will end. Or when it's like, oh my God, tomorrow I have an audition. And then day after I have an audition, then I have a gig. Like, is this what I'm doing with my life? That's crazy. That's what you want to feel. You want to feel fire and passion in your heart, not, you know, dead coal and ashes. So you live for the plot. You only live once. Go for it. Do it. I love, I love that motivation thing that you just said. And I would just want to add one thing that you might think of us as, just two very privileged people uh, saying this from the perspective of being able to do it, you know, from a place of superiority in some way. But if you feel that you have some talent and if you've like seen that art, art seenness or like that musical ability or any other art related ability in you, then at least make an effort to do it on the side. Like, There are so many people who let their plan A consume them completely so much so that they completely forget about their plan B. I mean, yes, I know that you're trying to manage a number of things, but don't let that die. You know, this is the least you can do for yourself. And maybe the seeds that you're sowing in your plan B might give you fruits later, you know, like that plan B eventually might become your plan B at plan A at some later point. So don't let that go, you know. Start small, but do start. I agree. And never, ever forget that no matter where you are in life, whether you're less privileged, whether you're more privileged, hard work is the one thing that will get you the farthest in life. You know, money can do so much. But without the without the hard work that will come with the passion and drive that you have for what you want to do, nothing's going to happen. So remember that little advice that hard work is all you need. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't lose heart. Stay at it. Awesome. I, I loved having this conversation with you, Shia. So enlightening. Yeah. yeah. Even even like for for me, I think I I understood so much about myself, about you, about our culture and what we can do to make the change. I wish you all the best for your acting course in NYU Dish. And I hope you do amazing and that you reach the stars when you're done. Thank you so much. And yeah. your, your platform is going to go crazy. I know it. Thank you. Oh, no. I, I really do want to help these people. And I hope I'm able to, you know, bring music up at par with lawyers, engineers, doctors. So, yeah. Thank I you agree. so much for doing this. Thank you. I had tons of fun. Bye. Bye.